really been, um, <laughs> uh, you know, telling me this word over and over and over again. And let me just, you know what? I just want to open up with prayer real quick. I really do. I feel like I need to. Yeah, I don't want to rush Holy Spirit. I don't, I don't want nobody to be distracted. I want everybody to be focused this morning. So, God, we just pray, Lord, right now, Lord, just remove distractions right now in the name of Jesus. And let your peace and your rest come in, Lord. Let us focus this morning to hear what you have, what your Holy Spirit is saying this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So this past week, the Lord has been telling me this word over and over again. And what, he's been, what the Holy Spirit's been telling me is the word authority. And it was so funny because we were in our uh, school of the spirit the other day, and Pete's like, <laughs> Pete's like going around asking everybody in the class questions, and he comes to me and he's like, what does God give you? And I'm like, authority! <laughs> because this thing has been stirred up in my spirit. And so, I, so today's title is going to be called Position of Authority. I woke up the other day with just some, some heaviness, you know, and some attacks that the enemy really wanted me to focus on. And, you know, as an intercessor and a prayer warrior, you know, we come and we bring things to the Lord and we, we pray over them and we, we expect the Lord to come through for us, right? To show up on our behalf as an intercessor, as a prayer warrior. But this particular morning, I was, you know, telling the Lord, I'm like, God, Lord, you know, you got to come through. You got you to, gotta, you know, touch the heart of people and you got to change things. And, and the Lord began to tell me this, and he said it very boldly to me. He says, he says, um, why don't you do it? And I said, huh? I was like, okay, Lord. He's like, yeah. He says, why don't you do it? Why don't you start moving things? Why don't you start speaking it forth? Why don't you start moving my hand over things and not come to me waiting for me. And I said, all right, God. I was like, you're giving me the authority. You're saying I have free reign, being led by your spirit, not by my flesh, not by my emotions, but being led by your spirit that I now am given authority to speak to certain situations and have them turn around for the honor and the glory of the Lord. And I said, I'll take that, God. And I said, and so my perspective began to change. And when he told me that, my perspective began to change that every obstacle, everything that was around me that the enemy was trying to come and attack and rob and steal, even from the, ha the house here, I began to get like this authoritative boldness rose up inside of me. And I was like, nope, this is going to stop. Nope, this is going to stop. And I began to declare it because I was agreeing with the Spirit of God and taking hold of the authority that God had put inside of me. You know, and the Lord began to tell me this. He says, you know, from the beginning of time, from the beginning of time, 
there was always evil. There was always something there that the enemy wanted to come and mess with the people. Ever since Genesis, there was the tree that was there. And you can go read this, Genesis 2.9. There was a tree of life was also in the midst of the garden. The garden has always been represented as the secret place. The place we go to to fellowship with the Lord. The place we go to and take nice walks with the Lord and walk in the cool of the day with the Lord like Adam did, right? That's what the garden represents. But then it says, and the tree of the knowledge and good and evil. Why did he want Adam to know that there wasn't just a tree of life, but there was a tree of good and evil and of knowledge? Because the, the enemy was lurking in the garden too. And he began to show me that. He's like, things have not changed from the beginning of time. Things have always been that way. The enemy can lurk all he wants. The enemy can come in and bring these situations and make you believe something that is not true. See, they fell for that in the garden. They fell in deception over the tree of knowledge and good and evil. And I always tell everybody when I minister, there has to be a balance in your life with the word and the presence and the spirit of God. Because if all you have is knowledge and that knowledge and that word doesn't come to life inside of you, because it's rooted from a tree of life. And if it doesn't become a living, breathing thing inside of you, and it's just something you're reading, and it hasn't been activated to be real to you in your life, then it's going to become a stumbling block for you. And then it's going to cause you to go to that tree of good and evil. So the Lord began to show me that. And he says, I don't want you to focus on the tree of knowledge or good of evil. The whole story behind that was that I wanted you to focus, I wanted Adam and Eve to focus on the tree of life. I wanted them to be so geared to the tree of life that I gave them kind of like, hey, just to let you know this is there, so don't fall into it, like a warning type thing. And right now in the spirit, Some of us have been going through some attacks. Some of us have been dealing with some things in our own lives. And the Lord is telling you today, he's like, look, I want you to focus on the tree of life. I want you to focus on the good things. I want you to focus in your mindset, be on what I've spoken already over your family, already over a region, already over that place there where you're at. And I don't want you to be entertained by knowledge and good and evil that's always been there but that's not the focus so you know the lord says you know i read this the other day and it was so good and it was about john g lake john g lake in the beginning of the john g lake had this huge ministry that brought a lot of healing to a lot of people His ministry was huge. John G. Lake was not looking to go and have this healing ministry. John G. Lake was a businessman. 
He was about making money, and he made a lot of money back in those days. It was, a, it was equivalent to millions that somebody would make today, what John G. Lake made in the business world. And here comes God intervening in his life and changing things up and saying, okay, this is what I've destined for you. So then I was reading this thing, and it says, the enemy will often oppose destinies with radical circumstances through distortion of the very thing that we're called to walk in. Why does he cause the distortion to come and the very thing that we're called to walk in? John G. Lake was called to a healing ministry, but his wife got so sick that she was dying. And then he called all his prayer warriors to come and to pray with him for his wife to be healed. This is at the beginning of his ministry. This is not towards the end. This is the beginning of his ministry when he was just about to start doing things for God. Do you see how the enemy works? He makes you focus on the good and the evil, and he doesn't allow you to focus on what God is trying to say. He wanted him to be distracted and distorted with his wife being sick when that was the very thing that he was called to do in his life. If you are sick, whatever you're being attacked with, it's because the enemy is scared for you to know the other side. That there's authority inside of you to bring healing to those things. There's authority inside of you to see the other side of the cross. That you don't just go to the cross as a beggar. That you don't just keep going to the cross. Jesus was already, Pete said it this morning, it's finished. But now it's time that we take things a little further and we go past the cross we're no longer looking at Jesus only being crucified, but we're stepping over to the other side of the cross where we're beginning to see Christ in resurrection. He was never defeated. He was always with authority through God. And religion that I grew up in sometimes made me feel like, man, he was defeated. They beat him up. He had scars. He had all these things. And the Lord's like, no, you're not looking. There's, there's a continuation to that story. You're stopping the story before it even finishes. Some of us have stopped looking at the story that God's already written in heaven over our lives. And we're stuck at the cross and we haven't gone further to look at the rest of our future, to look at the rest of the story that's been written in heaven. But we can't see the rest of our story. We can't see the good future he has for us because we're still here at the cross thinking that there's something fascinating, something great that we're supposed to do, and God's saying it's finished. Now that all this has happened, you've gone through some things, you've been a victim, you've gone through some things, now let's go past the cross where you can be a person of authority and begin to speak things into existence, and you're no longer sitting at the cross, but you're going into your future and grabbing some things in the future to bring it to a now time. And you're like, well, Lord, I don't understand all this authority stuff, God. How do we become more authoritative? How, you know, I just want to sit here and just, you know, 
wallow in my circumstance. Let me tell you, Jesus didn't walk wallowing. Jesus walked in authority. In Matthew 28, 18, it says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. He didn't come without authority. He came knowing who he was with authority that there was about to take place some kingdom business. And then you're like, well, how does that even apply to you, to us now? And Luke 10, 19, it says, I have given you authority to trample on the snakes and the scorpions and, over to, and, and, and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. Nothing will harm you. So Jesus comes, he gets crucified, he goes through the process at the cross, and then there's resurrection power. And then he has to leave us, right? And he leaves us Holy Spirit. So when he leaves us Holy Spirit, that's where our authority comes from. So now we can come, like Luke says, and trample over things and declare things and be, become proclaimers on things and turn things around for his honor and his glory because nothing will harm us. The enemy can lurk around. The enemy can give you sickness. God doesn't give you sickness. The enemy gives you sickness. You know, I, I, I was raised to have this, this distortion in my thoughts of that stuff. And the Lord clarified that. I don't make you sick. I don't bring problems to you. I'm the solution giver. I'm the one that comes and gives you authority and solutions to get yourself out of situations that I never meant for you to go through. But you have authority. You have power. Nothing can harm you. In 1 Peter 2.9, it says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. I don't think you understand even the last part of that, his wonderful light. Pete shared last weekend about the angel Manara that he had an experience with. Go back and watch it, those that are viewing online. If you weren't able to be here, go back and watch it on the ESMHubWebsite.com so you can be familiar with that angel. That angel was an angel of light. Why does he say there in that statement, called you out of darkness into his wonderful light? Because there's power in the light. There's power and authority in the light that reigns inside of you and me, that we become one with Holy Spirit and that light resonates inside of us and spills out of us as kings and priests of the Most High. Isaiah 62.3, it says, you will also be a crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord. 
and a royal diadem in the hand of God. That word diadem, it means royal dignity and it means authority. And he'll keep telling you over and over and over and over and over again the authority. I want to share a story with you. I was recently ministering in Tennessee. And the Lord began to show me something about Moses. And he comes and he has this face-to-face -face moment with Moses in the burning bush. And the Lord this morning began to remind me of that. And he says, Moses started face-to-face -face with me in the burning bush. He had to have an intimate moment with me. He had to come and look at me face-to-face -face so I could speak to him face-to-face -face in that intimacy so that way he could go on and grow from the face-to-face -face moment and know who I called him to be to walk into the greatness that he was always called to be and to walk in. So he shows me, and some of you are like, well, you know, I don't know if I'm ready for the task that God's given me. I don't know. Moses wasn't ready either. He had a face-to-face -face moment with, with God Almighty. And look at this. Come read with me on this. Exodus 4.10. This is Moses having a conversation with the Lord. It says, Then Moses said to the Lord, Oh, my Lord, I'm not eloquent, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and of tongue. So the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth? <laughs> He's telling Moses, look, who made you? Who, who made this mouth that you speak out of? Who did it? And he says, or who makes the mute, the deaf, and the seeing, or the blind? Have not I, the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be in your mouth and teach you what you shall say. That's what the face-to-face -face is supposed to be about. That when you get up in the morning, it doesn't matter if evil is lurking around, if circumstances are lurking around, if depression is lurking around, if sickness is lurking around. It doesn't matter if any of those things are lurking around because it hasn't changed from then to now. But God is telling us, look, you are people that I fill your mouths with, that I give you authority, who created the mouth that you speak out of, and you have authority to speak from that same mouth that I I gave you that you say what I tell you to say. That's where the authority comes from. He had to let Moses that. And some of us are still like backpedaling of things God has already told us to do in our lives, but yet we somehow cannot get there yet because we're still in our minds thinking we're not qualified, thinking that why did God choose us? Who created you? If it not the Lord. You go on to read about Moses' life. And Moses comes and takes these people out of Egypt. And let me tell you, I want you to go read this for yourself in Exodus 14, 8. 
Let me tell you what the people looked like when they were coming out of Egypt. These were slave people. These were people that had been beaten. They had gone through some horrible situations with the Pharaoh at that time. And let me tell you what it says right here on number eight. It says, and the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued the children of Israel. He pursued them just like he's pursuing you and me today. And then he says, went out with boldness. The people didn't go out of Egypt with their heads down, feeling defeated. They had just gone through whippings, being told what to do. And here they are coming from a place of Egypt, and they come out with boldness. They didn't come out with looking at their scars, looking at their circumstance. They didn't come out and wallowing in themselves. Well, man, I've gone through all these attacks in my life. Man, I went through this. I went through that. They had so much they could have focused on. And it says in the word, it says, they came out with boldness. They didn't come out being victims, being defeated. They came out with boldness of God, that God was about to do something with a whole generation. And then it says, Moses was human, just like me and you. <laughs> Moses had his, his, his thinking, like the way me and you do. Moses stepped into those places where he was thinking with God. And then God would have to come and reset him, reprogram him to understand the authority that was inside of him. Let me give you an example of that. If you go on on 14.10, and Moses said to the people, do not be afraid, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians who you see today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. Some of us need to hold on to our peace this morning. Why aren't we holding on to peace? When that's the very thing Moses told the people, do not be afraid. Hold on to your peace. They had people physically coming at them. I don't know about you, but that's a real hard, difficult thing to see in the natural. And then Moses' thing to them was, hold on to your peace. I don't know about you, but that's something kind of hard to digest, right? Like Moses, they are coming and they are attacking us. And you're telling me to hold on to your peace. Maybe it's not that drastic in your life. Maybe the enemy's coming and attacking in other ways in your life. But I'm telling you, hold on to your peace. And then if you keep on reading, it says, And the Lord said to Moses, Moses comes and he cries out to God. Because he doesn't know what to do. Some of us don't know what to do right now. The enemy has come, distorted our view of things. He's brought confusion in. I don't know what you're doing, God. I'm lost in this wilderness thing. That's not what God 
created you to be and to do. He doesn't want you in the wilderness. He doesn't want you confused. He doesn't want you not having direction. That's not what he created us to do. And it says, and the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry out to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward, but lift your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I indeed will harden the hearts of the Egyptians and they shall follow them. So I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all his army, his chariots and his horsemen. Then the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gained honor for myself over Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. God gets the honor and the glory when we're in his peace. When we're in his peace and we take hold of his peace to know that we have authority inside of us that the enemy will not win. He will not come in and cause destruction and create chaos over your lives anymore. And God will receive the honor for that. And then Moses didn't go by himself. You're thinking, man, Moses went by himself with the people. Keep on reading. This is part of our future. And the angel of God who went before the camp of Israel moved and went behind them, and the pillar of cloud went from before them and stood behind them. What went, what went, what went before the camp of Israel? The angel of God. The angel of God went before them to come and move things out of the way, to make things a little easier for them in certain situations, to get the ground ready for when the people came out of that place, that it would be ready for them spiritually, not only physically, but spiritually, there would be something there that would go ahead of them to know, man, you're not alone. We got heaven here with you. The Lord wants us to take authority in what we speak and what we say. And I believe Pete said this the other day. Do you believe what you speak? Do you believe that you are his son and his daughter? Because if you believe that you're his son and his daughter, then you will learn to take hold in authority to speak things in existence and no longer coming asking for something, but knowing that you already have it, that he's already trying to fill your mouth on what to say. He's already trying to equip you and train you on what to do so that way you can go and do it yourself. That you're not going to come, oh God, please, 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 look at this situation. He's like, no, I've given you authority and I've given you authority. Now what are you going to do with the authority that I've already put inside of you? Are you going to sit there and let the enemy come bust you up and mess you up and, and batter you and bring wounds to you? Are you going to have boldness like the people of Egypt and rise up and say enough's enough. The 
enemy has no right to me. He has no right to my family. He has no right to this place. He has no right to the city. He has no right to the region. He has no right to the state. He has no right. So when you begin to think that way, then you're going to walk that way. You're going to walk with your back straight. You're going to walk with a backbone inside of you that makes you bold, that makes you branch out and say, I'm the son, I'm the daughter of Christ most high, that the enemy has nothing that can harm me. Nothing at all. I don't care what it is. It says in there, nothing will harm you. Go reread it. We're agreeing too much with the enemy, and we're not taking hold of what God is speaking. I want to go face to face with God, and I want to know the secrets. I think Pete shared this one time, but in 2 Kings 6, 12, when Elisha went into the bedroom of the enemy and knew the plans of the enemy to overthrow the enemy. I want to be face-to-face in intimacy with God that I know what the enemy's doing out there, and I don't have to be, like, confused with no direction. I'm going to know before the enemy comes in front of my door of what he's about to do, and I'm going to be prepared with, with everything that God's given me that I can go ahead and speak to that thing and cause it to move, cause it to get out of the way because it cannot harm me. And you're like, but, but you, know, you know, my attacks are different than yours and you don't understand. No, it's all the same. It's all the same from the very beginning. Are you going to live on the tree of life or the tree of the knowledge and the good and evil? Focus on the tree of life. If you go read Isaiah 51, 16, turn with me there. It says, and I have put my words in your mouth. I have covered you with the shadow of my hand. That I may plant the heavens, lay the foundations of the earth, and say to Zion, you are my people. What's he planted inside of you? What's the seeds that we have inside of us here? He's planted heaven inside of you and me. That we don't just look at this circumstance. We don't look at things in the natural, but we begin to look at things the way heaven sees it. That's what he's planted inside of us. That his hand, the shadow of his hand, comes and covers us. There's so many stories in the word of God. And I can keep going and going where he gave people authority over the land and over things. And there was never, ever the plans of the enemy that that came through and it worked. Never. It was always the kingdom of heaven that prevailed and demolished the things of the enemy. The enemy never won. And he's still not winning right now. He may make us think that he's winning, but he's not. It's a distortion 
of the very thing that me and you are called to. And we can't, you know, I was driving with my son the other day. And he says, it's so crazy, Mom, because it's so hot out here that it looks like there's water there, but there's not on the highway. And I said, yeah, it makes you think there's water there, but there's not. Some of us are thinking things are something, and they're not. Some of us are thinking things are coming from the Lord, and they're not coming from the Lord. And we're getting distorted with our vision and what God really wants to do in our lives. And we've, we've forgotten to grab vision again. We are a victorious people. We've been created and set up to have victory. No matter how you look at it in your own thoughts, we've always been set up for victory. Even in our nation, we've always been set up for victory. And it says in 1 Corinthians 15, 57, Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 8, 37, now it says, In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Our roots our plantings come from a strong generation. It doesn't come from this weak generation. The people that went before us years ago were strong people. They, we have the roots of David inside of us that came and conquered the giants of the land. We have it rooted inside of us by Holy Spirit. What are we doing with it? Are we just sitting around and agreeing with everything that the enemy serves up to us and gives us? Or are we coming in an authority, boldness matter and taking hold of the peace and catching vision from the Lord that's going to help us to move forward? The Lord began to remind me of some things and he said, look, there's been a lot of prophetic words spoken over that place where you're at. There's been a lot of prophecy. There's been a lot of angelic activity there. And we have come and let it come and we've heard it, but we didn't listen to it. We sit here and we hear things and we're like, oh, that was cute. Oh, that was nice. Oh, let me jot that down. Let me take it and put it in my notes. But what are we doing with it? Todd came in December, released a powerful word about the angel of awakening being in this place. And the Lord began to come and tell me that word was released here and we have not even stepped into it yet. That word was released here about the angels that are, sitting, that are standing here, that are fanning the flames of fire in this place. But what have we done with it? Are we calling on the angelic like the angel of the Lord that went before the people of Israel to make way for them? Are we calling on those angels even now and saying, heaven, I agree with you. I'm in alignment with you. You said there's an angel of awakening here. 
Peter. How Peter denied Christ three times. And some people would say, man, Peter was a coward. Some people's view of Peter was like, how, how could he not say that he knew Christ when he walked with him all those months and saw the signs and the wonders and the miracles? How could he still say that he didn't know Christ three times? You know why? It wasn't because he was a coward, because then they talk about the story how Peter goes and chops off the ear, and he's ready to take down the whole army that comes for Jesus. And then right after that is when he began to deny him. And the thing that I heard, the message I heard was that Peter didn't understand resurrection power. Peter could not conceive in his mind that Christ was being taken away, beaten on the cross, but that he was going to resurrect from that place. He didn't understand that concept. So he was crushed when he saw them take him and beat him, that he denied who he was and what he saw because he came in agreement with the enemy. He came to agreement with the whispers of the enemy and forgotten what God was about to do was he was about to resurrect. And some of us, we come and we're in our own lives and we don't understand the power of the resurrection. The angel of awakening that is in this place that has been assigned to this area is an angel of resurrection. It's coming to wake up the bride and saying, you've been asleep too long, honey. You got to wake up. You got to rise up. Who cares if the enemy came and stole? Who cares if you were beaten and bruised and you went through this process of being a slave like the Egyptians? Get up and rise up with boldness, with authority, and begin to speak to that land that you take all dominion, all authority over the land where you live. And there's going to be some movement with my Holy Spirit and the angelic in that place. Do not sit comfortably. Do not conform to things of the world. Do not conform. We've already conformed when we agree with the enemy. Doesn't matter where you live, where you're from, where you're watching from right now. Don't conform. Don't conform to those things that you're being tempted with. Don't conform to the things of the world. It also means it's not just sin. It's conforming yourself to think like the people there. Don't conform yourself. Your thoughts, your being, all of who you are is supposed to come from heaven. It's not supposed to come from the world, from the things you're seeing in front of you. I'm sorry if you're too busy watching the news every day and you're getting depressed and sad. You're focused on the tree of knowledge and good and evil and you're no longer focused on the tree of life. Because God is a God who brings victory, who brings life to his people. Because we have a covenant of love with God. We have a covenant with him. And we have forgotten the covenant that he did years ago with his people. We are chosen people. We are chosen royal priesthood that is chosen by him God Almighty who created all things.
things. And we have a covenant of love with him. And love surpasses everything in the world that the evil thing tries to bring. I can bring a broken person in this place and love can fall on them and it is greater than any disastrous thing they've experienced in their life. I can bring a sick person in here and because the covenant of love with Christ, God will come and heal them because of that covenant of love. Not because of any of us, because he gets the honor, he gets the glory and the authority that we function out of. But he's waiting on us, not him waiting, not us waiting on him. You get up in the morning and you put your shoes on and you get yourself dressed. And you remember who you are as a king and priest of the kingdom of God. You don't wake up in the morning agreeing with your sickness. You don't wake up in the morning and agreeing with things that are happening in your family. You don't wake up in the morning and agreeing with things that you see in the natural with your bills or your finances or any of that. You grab hold of the authority and you begin to speak to those things. And you begin to say, God, I just ask that my finances change, God. God, I just ask that, 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 that my sickness be healed, God. God, I just pray right now, God, that all of heaven, all of the kingdom of God would come and make a way where there's no way, God. That he would transform and he would redirect the impossible to the possible. That's the kind of people we were created to be. We were not created to lay down and take the hits from the enemy any longer. If you're still taking hits, then stop taking them. Rise up, man of God. Rise up, woman of God. And begin to declare with the heavens. Let's stand this morning. Let's give honor and glory to the Lord this morning. God, we thank you, God. We thank you, God. We thank you for the heavens opening this morning, God. Oh, God, we ask your boldness to hit your people this morning, God. Let your boldness come and hit the people this morning in their spirit. Angel of awakening, come and awaken those that have gone dormant. Angel of awakening, come and breathe on your people, God.
depression. <laughs> I speak light over your life this morning. I speak that you come out of the darkness and you enter into his wonderful light this morning. That all you see is the light of heaven. <laughs> 